Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to a city that's set on a hill. Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill. And someday I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow there. Oh, I'm going to a city. Hi, everybody. God bless you. This is Susan Puzio. And I want to welcome you today to the Prophetic News Radio broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, today we're going to uh, see if we get some phone calls or some comments in the chat room. And I hope uh, who's ever listening out there, you'll call in and uh, give me some questions or some comments. Or if you just want to talk, that would be fine. So... uh, Let's see what happens today. Anyway, um, I wanted to let you all know the chat room is open, and let me give you the live call-in number. It is 914-338-1638, and uh, you can call in at any time during the next 45 minutes, and uh, we'll take your questions or your comments. There's so many things going on in the world today, so much to talk about that we can't even believe the things that are going on. So uh, I want to let you all know that we do have a website. It's propheticnews.com. We also are on Blog Talk Radio every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, also we are on Mondays on the Prophecy Zone radio network, and that is at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So uh, check that all out, and also you can go to our YouTube channel, and our YouTube channel is Jonah T for Tom 48. So uh, I see a few people in the chat room. Also remember the call-in number, If you have any questions or you'd like to make a comment about any of the issues and the things that are going on in the world today or the state of the church, we'd love to get your call. And that number is 914-338-1638. So uh, I wanted to uh, bring up a couple things that I saw in the news this week that uh, I thought was very interesting. Uh, the uh, In England, for the past three years, they've been growing human-animal hybrids. <laughs> now, uh, they call this medicine? Uh, it sounds like Dr. Frankenstein to me. I would be really afraid of going into a hospital uh, and having them inject me with a hybrid that was created um, where they're actually using, uh, taking human sperm 
and then an animal egg, and then they're making something out of it, or they're taking an animal uh, sperm with a human egg and making something out of it, and, and some kind of a creature, and then they're they're saying that they can cure diseases with this type of thing. <laughs> I mean, just when you thought it couldn't get any weirder, it gets even weirder still. Uh, now, I mean, it's bad enough that they use aborted babies in vaccines. Now, that's pretty grotesque, and it is a little-known fact. In fact, I'm always amazed that I don't hear more about it. Um, I know I've mentioned it before, but when I first found out a few years ago that they were using aborted baby cells to make some of the vaccinations that you're giving your children and also that you might be taking unknowingly. You should always ask first what the ingredients are in in any kind of hypodermic needle that's coming your way. <laughs> you, know, you you can ask, yes, you can ask the doctor who thinks sometimes they think they're even bigger than God, that you can't ask a question. But, yes, you can ask a question. You should ask questions. You should ask about side effects. You should ask, what is? It? could you please tell me what's in that thing before you give it to me? Um, so um, when I first found out about the vaccines from abortion, I, I started calling up all the ministries I could think of, the TV ministries, radio ministries, I called Rod Parsley, I called 700 Club, I called TVN, I called John Hagee, I called Daystar Network. I was calling and calling and calling, and I was, and I was hoping that when they found out this information that they too would be as shocked as I was, and they would try to get the word out to uh, help protect people especially help protect protect children who who are um, brain, being brain damaged by uh, being injected with a dead human uh we're not supposed to we're not cannibals we're not supposed to be um making medicine from dead human beings but um anyway i i never heard any any one of these people ever say anything about it and I found it shocking because I thought, well, if you're in the ministry and you and you have some information that might help people, then we should try to get that information out. And uh, it was all quiet on the Western Front. Uh, I never heard anything. I never heard back from any of these ministries saying, thank you very much for telling us. That's a great piece of information. Uh, we can do some programs about it. I, I think I even contacted some of these organizations that, that um, Autism Speaks, or they're wondering, well, why, why is, why are children getting autism and brain damage? It, it's a big mystery. So they, we have to spend billions of dollars to find out why this has become such a plague. When it, it, it's my thinking, I might not be a hundred percent right, but it's my thinking that these vaccines have a lot to do with it because they do also contain mercury, aluminum. Uh, they tell you that if they give you a little bit of mercury, 
uh, oh, you have to be very careful. You don't get mercury poisoning. It's it's dangerous, but yet they're putting it in a vaccine, and then they also put it in your teeth if you have silver fillings. So sometimes it's very strange out there, very 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 strange. So um, I think in the, in the days ahead, especially after this uh, ridiculous. Uh, if you go to uh, the Drudge Report, and it, it, there's a the headline there about these um, hybrids that they're making in the lab, the human-animal hybrids that they plan to use as medicine in the future. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. I don't know. Uh, you know, Jesus is a healer, and... Uh, I'm, I'm not saying all doctors are bad, but for the most part, I try to stay away from doctors and uh, hospitals, and uh, I try to do my take care of myself the best way I know how. I mean, that's not always possible. Some people do get sick and they have to go to uh, a doctor, uh, but we know that the only person that can really heal anybody is Doctor Jesus because he is the great physician. And uh, he knows all about us. He loves us. And his healing is painless. It's uh, real because we know that Jesus is alive and he still heals today. I believe that uh, Jesus still heals the way he did when he walked the earth, when he was living in Israel. And he went about doing good and healing all who asked. I don't believe the gifts of the Spirit have passed away because Jesus has not passed away. He's still alive. And I've seen the Lord perform miracles. I've seen miracles in my own life, and I know they're real. And we always have to have hope because faith is the substance. It's the substance of things hoped for. So we always hope. And uh, I personally don't believe that the devil can kill a Christian. Uh, I believe that it's appointed unto man once to die. And we all have an appointment with death. We all know we're going to die. That's one thing you know for sure. And I believe that when a Christian dies, it's their appointed time. I don't give the devil any credit for uh, killing Christians because uh, the devil can't do that. <laughs> we belong to God. And uh, God is mightier than the devil. Amen? Hallelujah. So uh, also we see in the in the news about the uh, terrible tragedy in Norway uh, where a a madman opened fire at a youth camp. It's an island, and uh, there was young people, there were quite a few young people there on a a camping trip, and uh, he went, and this madman, he killed 85 people at this youth camp. And there was also a um, a bomb that went off. So it was it's quite odd because uh, Norway 
is not really a country that's known for any kind of terrorism or uh, violence. So it's very, very odd that this should happen there. But, uh, you know, the Bible says that in the end times that men would wax worse and worse. And, uh, I mean, some of the other headlines that I see here, for instance, that um, we know we're seeing a great increase in crime. And it, it seems that because of the price of metals these days, we're seeing more uh, train tracks being removed for the metal. They, a hundred storm drain covers in Sacramento, California, were removed. I mean, imagine riding down the street, and all of a sudden your car wheel goes into this big hole because someone's removed the storm drain cover. Uh, people stealing mail mailboxes off the street. Uh, we can going into uh, on farms and taking the crops. Now, we are in some tough times, and all these things are going on around us. And uh, the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ should be there. We should be the light to the world. Uh, we should be out there preaching the gospel as I'm doing today, everybody has a ministry, everybody is commissioned to follow the Great Commission and go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And yet we see that uh, on Christian television, what they call Christian television, many um, Christian magazines, radio programs, uh, what are they doing? They're just raising money, raising money, having telethons, having begathons, having conathons, and uh, going to church on Sunday, and you go to church, and then you know somebody's beating you over the head with either you give God 10% of your money or he curses you, he gets mad at you, and it's nothing but manipulation and control. When I was thinking about this this morning, how... When we first get saved, we're so innocent. We're just like little little sheep. And we want to do something to please the Lord. So I'm thinking to myself, how did I allow myself to be involved for 15 years, my first 15 years as a Christian, allow myself to be involved in the Word of Faith movement, allow myself to be abused, by pastors and ministers, uh, why did I do that? And uh, because part of it is that people are taught that you uh, have to submit and uh, you can't say anything because if you say anything, you're uh, going to uh, hurt your brother and you can't judge, you can't ever make a judgment, you just have to basically leave your mind outside and just walk in the door and clap your hands, sing your songs, give your 10%, dress nice, be nice, and then go go on home and wait for the next instruction from your pastor as to whether you can have a ministry or uh, (laughs) 
whether or not this is the part that really gets me too about myself how did I let somebody control the way I I did my giving I I for the for the first few years of being a Christian I did give even outside of the church but I was mainly giving my 10% at the church and my offerings and I wasn't being led by the Holy Spirit. What if somebody else had a need? Oh, I was already giving 10% to the church and then offering, so there wasn't much left for anybody else. And I found that as I, and I've been saved 31 years, so I got out of that mess about 16 years ago. But I found toward the end when I was getting out of the Word of Faith movement and uh getting free, which I thought when I got born again, I was getting free, but then I I, I put myself back into bondage and to uh, do this and do that or else and uh, do what we say. Now, I, I, um, I'm not saying that we're supposed to be rude or overbearing or... Uh, but, you know, if somebody's trying to manipulate you or control you, you need to run for your life because Jesus Christ has given us freedom. He's given us freedom to make our own decisions about who we want to give to. And um, like I was saying, I found that I'd be sitting in church and I knew that there was people in my congregation that had great needs. Yet there wasn't anybody helping them uh, because we were so trained, like trained seals, to give our 10% there, and then if we were going to give offerings, that was even, the tithe wasn't even considered an offering. We had to give above the tithe for even God to consider that we were giving an offering before he would bless us. So imagine this kind of bondage. And, and, And I was also thinking this morning how, when you try to explain this to people that are born-again Christians and they love God, and you try to explain to them how this type of bondage giving and seed sowing, it's not from the heart, it's not out of love, and we're commanded to do things out of love and and not um, because we have to. But um, yet when you when you try to explain this to most people they get angry and they and they're offended and i'm i'm thinking to myself how how do we go so far as christians to become so backwards that we actually think that god almighty sitting in heaven is impressed with a $1 bill or a $5 bill or a $100 bill <laughs> why do we even think that god is impressed with that. Uh, don't we give to each other? Uh, we give to each other because as a Christian, we know we're supposed to be givers. You don't even really have to be told. It's when you're born again, all of a sudden you realize that you want to help people. God gives you his heart, and he writes his His laws in our hearts, and uh, we know we're supposed to give. So how do we go so far backwards to actually think that God Almighty is watching in heaven and he's watching how much money you've given to your local church and how many seed faith offerings 
you gave to Mike Murdoch or Paula White or T.D. Jakes or any of these people. And, uh, you know, God's not impressed with that because the Bible says God looks at the heart. He looks at, at the motives. He looks at the heart. And uh, we have to let our requests be made known to God. God knows what we need, the Bible says, even before we ask. So uh, I learned I learned something. I learned that you can ask and receive from God, that I, I didn't have to pay him off. I didn't have to bribe him. I didn't have to sell my seeds to some multimillionaire minister that could have cared less about me or my family or anybody else. And um, they were just trying to get rich off of somebody else's misery. And that's not New Testament Christianity. So there, there's more of those people that believe that than there are of us that don't believe that. Many, many more. And the Bible calls it deception. It is deception. So how have people <laughs> become so deceived? One way is they didn't read their Bibles for themselves and find out what God was saying. Uh, you just go to church on Sunday and listen to a sermon and never open your Bible, and you can become deceived that way. It's very easy. It doesn't take much because Jesus said man cannot live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we need to spend time in the word on our own and find out what the Bible says so that we're not deceived. And and if we're going somewhere where people aren't preaching the gospel and, not, and they're not telling us the truth, and they refuse to tell the truth even after you've mentioned something to them. If, if, if someone gets angry at you because you've made a biblical correction, well, uh, there's something wrong with that person. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think you have to get angry at someone because they're, they're trying to make a uh, biblical judgment or a, a biblical correction. Uh, we all make mistakes, and we can all be corrected. So uh, let's look at some scriptures about deception. Jeremiah 9, 5, And they will deceive everyone his neighbor and will not speak the truth. They have taught their tongue to speak lies and weary themselves to commit iniquity. And we see that a lot, especially on what the so-called Christian TV, is that they have taught their tongue to speak lies. They know that they're lying when they tell you to uh, sow your seed and God will meet your need and that what you let go out of your hand, God lets go out of his hand. Now, <laughs> now just think about it for a minute. Just think about this for a minute. Do you actually think that God Almighty in heaven is sitting in heaven and he's holding dollar bills? Uh, what what exactly is God going going to let go of his, from His hand in heaven? What? He, he he's not holding anything in His hand, especially He's not holding dollar bills in His hand. Uh, uh, God can speak to somebody about blessing you or leaving you uh, an inheritance or getting you a good job, and, and you know God can certainly work in your life, but He's certainly not holding. Uh, 
money in his hand in heaven. But that's one of the favorite sayings of some of these preachers is, when you let go of what's in your hand, God lets go of what's in his hand. So that doesn't even make any sense. That's a lie. Um, that's nothing but a lie. Jeremiah 29, 8, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which ye have caused to be dreamed. Matthew 24, verse 4, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Matthew 24, 5, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. Uh, there was some, uh, I, I don't even know this guy's name, but there was some guy on, I saw a news report, some somebody, I think he lives in Miami, but he calls himself Jesus, and he, and he drinks and smokes. And uh, uh, there's a family that goes to what they say is a church, not really a church, it's a cult. But they gave this man $2 million, and now they're living in a little apartment. And <laughs> he's living in a mansion. <laughs> but they said, we're happy to do this for him. We're happy, well... There's no other Jesus except Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and he he came. He's not he's not walking the earth right now. He's coming again, but he's not here yet. So if anybody's saying that they're Jesus, uh, they're not. It's a false Jesus. Matthew twenty four twenty four. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect, and uh, we see so much of that today where some of these false prophets on uh, television, they, te- they tell you to come to their healing meeting and uh, you can get healed. Well, I, God's merciful. I'm sure some people do get healed at the, some of those services, but it has nothing to do with the person that's conducting the service. Anybody out there that's ever been sick you know for a fact that you can't heal anybody. You can't even heal yourself. So uh, the only person that heals is God, and uh, no man can heal you. There's nothing wrong with going and having somebody pray for you, but they certainly don't have anything that they can give you that you can't get for yourself. So you can save your money, and you can stay home and pray for yourself. Uh and even for a while in my Christianity, I, I was afraid because I thought, wow, some of these people have healing anointings, and uh, I can go and get that healing anointing, and I can be healed. Uh, there is the only healing anoint. The only person that has a healing anointing is Jesus, because we're all anointed, and you can lay, you can smack your head on your uh, your hand on your own head and uh, pray for yourself and get healed right in your own house. And one time when I needed the healing, that's how I got healed. It was like the Lord said to me, no, I had some friends say, well, why don't you go over to that Benny Hinn and let him lay hands on you? Or go over here and let this person lay hands on you. And I got this really strong warning from the Lord that you better not go chasing after some man for your healing because you're going to be in trouble you're going to be in big trouble if you start chasing after some human being that can't do anything for you. Uh, 
uh, we can all pray, and uh, your prayer is just as good as Benny Hinn's or uh, T.D. Jake's or, or any of these guys. Your prayer is just as valuable as their prayer, but yet they want you to think that they've got some kind of power with God that you don't have, and uh, how easily deceived are we? How easily deceived? Now, you know, I've been there. I've been in those healing lines where, here, come and get my anointing, and you could get Rodney Howard Brown's anointing, and you could get uh, Benny Hinn's anointing, and you could get Kenneth Hagin's anointing. And uh, they actually, some of these people actually liked for you to um, believe that you could get some kind of a special anointing from them when uh, when you were born again, you got anointed, and because the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you when you're born again, um, you are anointed, and you have the same anointing that anyone else has. But that's that's another thing that that happens to us when we're young Christians. And even when we're going into being a more mature Christian, is how easily deceived we are by people's uh, anointings and uh, going chasing after some human being when we should be chasing after Jesus. Because eventually, even when I needed a healing, I, Jesus healed me. I knew He healed me. I knew He healed me, and I didn't. I didn't lay in bed and make you know confessions for five hours and. I wasn't afraid to say that I was sick. Oh, remember when we were so afraid to say any, make any negative confession because that this is another bondage they put you in. You can't ever say if somebody says to you, "Well, hi, how you doing?" You can't say, "Well, I'm not doing too good today." Uh, you know, I've got my head hurts, or uh, you know, I've got an ulcer, or I've got cancer, whatever. Oh, it was like God forbid if you should ever make the confession because. They had you so convinced that if you would say it, it would actually happen to you. Well, in the first place, if anyone's ever had cancer, did you actually, this is this is how, you know, if they actually believe that, this is actually how it would be, that you were sitting at home confessing to yourself, I think I'm going to get cancer, I've got cancer, or I think I, think I want cancer, so then... You you had to confess it to get cancer. That's what they wanted you to believe, is that you actually, because you made some bad confession or you had sin in your life or you didn't have enough faith or whatever, that's why you got the cancer. Well, that's how ridiculous it was for the first few years, too, of, of my Christian walk where I actually believed that. Uh, because people got sick, they uh, they must have done something wrong. They must have made some bad confession who confesses that they want cancer? Nobody. Who confesses that they want a heart attack? Nobody. Who confesses they want a stroke? Nobody. I don't know anybody that's sitting around making these type of confessions. Uh, it's ridiculous. Yet you couldn't say if you went to church and they said, well, how are you doing there, Sister Susan? Oh, I'm blessed. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, when actually I, I, I might actually be a little bit, feel a little bit depressed. Uh, now, I don't get depressed usually. I mean, I'm pretty stable that way. But say I, say I was having some problems, I maybe didn't feel so great that day. But, oh, no, I had to say, oh, I am blessed. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You you can't even, you can't, you have to feel guilty because you ask somebody, 
pray for you because perhaps you had a problem in your life. Oh, gee. I mean, what bondage we were in. It was so much bondage. And I like it. I like it a lot better now that I'm not into all that word of faith foolishness and uh, all into that confession. I, I'm not afraid to say what's actually happening in my life if it's actually happening, because no matter what, God is God. He can take care of me even if I make a bad confession. Oh, I think God is bigger than my bad confession. Uh, confession. Thank you, Jesus. So. Uh, I just want to let you know that the phone lines are open. Uh, we have about 12 more minutes left in this segment. If somebody wants to call in a question or a comment, uh, I'd love to take your call. The call-in number is 914-338-1638. So uh, also uh, a few more scriptures about deception. Mark. 13.6, for many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. And we've seen that over the years. We've seen, uh, there was a guy running around Oregon for a while. He said he was Jesus, uh, uh, Rajneesh. And uh, then you've got this guy in Miami currently saying he's Jesus. Well, there'll, there'll be people coming and saying that they are Jesus and uh they perform miracles, uh, well, don't be deceived because there's there's no there's only one Jesus, and he's in heaven right now he and when he comes back, you're gonna know it. you're gonna know who he is romans sixteen eighteen for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly. And by good works and fair speeches, deceive the hearts of the simple. <laughs> now, I wanted to think that, of course, when I was first born again and I got all these wonderful prophecies about this great ministry I was going to have and this great thing I was going to do for God. And don't we just love all those, all that flattery and it, it just appeals to your flesh and I didn't consider myself a simple person I really didn't I thought well I've got some Bible knowledge but yet that but that scripture says that they deceive the simple well I was simple enough to fall for uh, the whole uh, financial scam that was being run in most of the churches I was simple enough to believe about the bad confession and uh, I could never say I wasn't having a good day or uh, I couldn't say that I wanted to cry or, uh, or uh, you know, I had a need because I was so afraid that I was going to make a bad confession. But yet, I, I, I was, I was deceived myself in, in that way. So, uh, I think a lot of the apologetic ministries that are out there today and uh, coming forward with. Thank God, bringing out so much of the heresy and so much of the false teaching and false prophets that are out there. We need these people. We have to have this voice out there, uh, a voice of truth. And yet to know that most of the people that have apologetics ministries today that do the uh, exposing and the rebuking and the correcting, they've come out of a lot of this mess. So <laughs> they could say, well, I've been there, I've done that, so... I can tell you how I missed it, and yet I know that there's other ministers out there, some famous ministers that I believe will repent 
sooner or later because some of them really do know Jesus Christ. They met him at one time. They had a real born-again experience, and yet they managed to be deceived uh, the way many of us were. So there's hope for some of these guys out there. And uh, maybe they won't hate us. The, the, uh, Jesus said that you will be hated you will be hated, and and if there aren't people that dislike you, then there's some, probably something wrong with your ministry because there there should be people that dislike what you're saying. Uh, Jeremiah nine five says, and they will deceive everyone his neighbor, and will not speak the truth. They have taught their tongue to speak lies and weary themselves to commit iniquity, and. You know, the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's a simple gospel. It's not, we shouldn't make it hard for people to get saved. I I see so much of this kind of stuff going on on the Internet, especially where, okay, you you didn't make the confession right. You didn't quite say it the right way. And then they want you to, then after you get saved or after you get born again, then they say, well, now you have to do this other thing, uh, to, uh, Stay saved. You have to uh, say the right words, and, and you you have to make Jesus Lord. Is He really Lord? Well, yeah, I made Him Lord when I got born again. So yes, I did that when I got born again. I made Him my Lord. So how many times am I supposed to make Him my Lord? He already knows that I made Him my Lord. So they try to take your uh, salvation, and then they try to make something difficult out of it and then you you want to scratch your head and say well am i really saved i mean maybe i didn't say the right words or maybe I didn't, i'm not doing the right thing well when you first get born again you don't get sanctified immediately where you're oh everything changes well most of it changes in an instant i have to say my life changed overnight it did but i still had things that i had to work out it took me years Look, it took me 15 years to get away from the deception of being involved in all the word of faith nonsense that I was in. So what was I never born again to be, to begin with? Yes, I was born again. I knew I was born again because my life changed. The old things passed away. I didn't want the old things that, that, that I did in my life. I wanted Jesus with all my heart. I hungered and, and, and I had... And, I was thirsty for the word of God, for the ways of God, to do things the way God wanted me to do it. So why do we have to make salvation so difficult for people that, oh, well, you didn't you didn't say it right. I didn't know what to say either when I got saved. All I knew was I had to get down. I got down on my knees. Nobody told me to get down on my knees. I was in a hotel room by myself. I got down on my knees, and I, I, and I simply prayed. Uh, prayed a simple prayer and I said well Jesus if you are who you say you are I don't know if you're really who you say you are I wasn't convinced even at that point that he was really God and he was really who he said he was but I asked him and I meant it in my heart when I said it I said Jesus are you really God Uh, if you are who you say you are then I give you my life I'm asking you to change me and I'm sorry for my sins. And it was that simple prayer that I prayed, and I meant it in my heart. And then, yes, I was born again. Uh, maybe I didn't say all the right words, but God saw my heart. And uh, my life has never been the same since then. And, and, it, and it won't be the same. So why do we try to make salvation uh, difficult for people? 
And why do we want to say, well, then you're saved and then you have to, well, is Jesus really Lord? Well, yeah, yeah, he's Lord, yeah, he's Lord. He's the only Lord. He's my only Lord. And 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 if you look at Romans chapter 10, and if you start at um, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Because we also hear so many people talking today about ultimate reconciliation and universalism, that everybody's saved whether they know it or not, because Jesus died for all. So whether you confess it or not, you're still going to go to heaven, even Muslims and Hitler goes to heaven. Everybody goes because Jesus died for everybody. Well, that's not what the scripture says. I mean, it says right there you have to make confession with your mouth unto salvation. So you you have to make a confession. For the scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all of us is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that is the truth. It's simple. It's not difficult. Jesus Christ is a Savior. He is a Redeemer. He loves people. He, he's, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son into this world. He, Jesus Christ was always alive. He was not born in Bethlehem that day, and that's when he came into existence. No, he's God. He always was and he always will be. He came to earth. Uh, he was born as a man uh, Came to and resided in the body of a man, but he never left his divinity. Uh, he always was Jesus Christ, God. He never left his divinity in heaven and, and uh, became a man and was not God. He always was God. He could not sin. He could not... Uh, the devil tried to tempt him, but you can't tempt God. Uh, Satan, what lived in heaven at one time, he knew who Jesus was. Yes, he knew who he was. Yes, he was familiar with him. And yet he tried to tempt him because he's the one that's deceived and he's the one that tries to deceive us. So Jesus Christ came to earth. He lived as a man, uh, but he was God, always was God, always will be God. He died on a cross to pay the price for your sin, the penalty for your sin. So you wouldn't have to pay it, and you could have eternal life and have a brand new life in heaven. Yes, Jesus Christ is real. Most people know that he was here. They might not know who he is. They say, oh, yeah, I know Jesus, but do you really know who he is? Do you know that he is God? that he is a savior, that he came to earth and died on a cross for your sins, and we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have, and we all need a savior. I don't care who it is, um, Obama, Bush, uh, the Queen of England, the uh, President of Russia. I don't care who it is. You need a savior because you save yourself. And uh, so call upon the name of the Lord today. 
Give Jesus your life today. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and give you a brand new life. He will. Yes, he will. He will deliver. He will heal you. He will deliver you from drugs. Yes, he can do that. That's the perfect one-step program. I believe in the one-step program, making Jesus Lord. Yes, one step. He will deliver you from alcohol addiction. He will deliver you from pornography. He will deliver you from sexual sin. Yes, he can do that because he is God and he is a Savior. And uh, he loves people. He loves people a lot more than we love them because we can give up on, on people, and our love is conditional, isn't it? But God's love isn't. His love is unconditional. So give your life to Jesus Christ today. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Uh, I didn't get any calls. I was hoping I would get some good callers today and get some comments. But God had his way in this program. I'm glad to have been with you today. And uh, tune in again next week. We'll have a special guest for you next week. Tune in next week at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Blog Talk Radio. Bye-bye. I'm going to a city that's set on a hill. Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill. And someday I'll be in heaven.